0: I'm Kim, and I love stories. Hello, super great kids. How are you? I'm happy because we have another new storyteller for you to meet. Her name is Rebecca Lemaire, and she was raised in Belgium. She's going to tell you a story about a little tree spirit, a sort of elf-like creature who lives in the forest where she used to camp with her family when she was young. Just before we start this story, I wonder if you can think of another tale you might know which has little people in it. Here's one to get you started. How about last week's story, The Elves and the Shoemaker? There are lots of others. Have a little think about it while we have a quick chat with the grown-ups. Ready? Off you go. Hello, Super Great Kids, I'm back. I wonder if you remembered any stories with little people in it. How about The Tramp and the Boots, with the fairies who gave the tramp some buttercup yellow boots, or The Little Red Hairy Man, or Lusmore and the Gift from the Fairies, or Pixie Dust, Can you remember any of those? Did you remember any others? Are you ready for this story? Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let's give a warm welcome to storyteller Rebecca Lemaire. Hello everybody.
1: My name is Rebecca Lemaire. I'm a storyteller with a Belgian dad and an English mum. And I grew up in Belgium, speaking French at school and English with my mum. And then I travelled and I lived in England and I lived in India and in Arabian countries and in the north of Africa where I learnt lots and lots of stories. And now I live in Spain, which means that I speak and tell stories in English, in French and in Spanish. I wonder if you speak a second language or even a third language. Now today, I would like to tell you a story from the Ardennes forests that are in the north of France and the south of Belgium. And when I was a little girl, my father used to take me and my brother camping in the Ardennes forests. And the forests were filled with magical creatures and beings and fairy folk and where well, lots of stories about them. And so today I'm going to tell you a story from the Yarden forests where I used to camp as a little girl. And when I tell stories, I like to play a little bit of music using different instruments. And so for this story, I'm going to use my little flute, my recorder that I've had since I was eight years old. So here's the story. Il était une fois. That's how we say once upon a time in French. Do you want to try it with me? Il était une fois. Yes. Il était une fois. A sylph. Now a sylph is one of those little fairy folk of the Ardennes forests I was just telling you about. A sylph is born in a tree and grows up in that same tree, which is called his nourisher tree. Because the sylph suckles the sap of the tree for survival and he dresses in its leaves. And in exchange, the sylph, well, gets rid of the parasites and the insects that might attack the tree. And he cleans the forest around his tree. And then he polishes the buds of that tree in the springtime when the flowers and the fruit are about to come. And you know, the relationship between a sylph and his tree is so strong that if the tree dies, well, so does the sylph. So an experienced and respectful woodcutter would never ever cut or nourish a tree because they know that a sylph is living in there and the presence of a sylph means the health of the forest. Now, Long, long ago, not far from where that sylph was with his nourisher tree, there lived a woodcutter named Goose and his wife, Bernette. They were very poor and they lived in a very little hut in the middle of the forest and with them lived Pierrot, Goose's apprentice. So, Pierrot was learning how to be a woodcutter from Goose, and he lived in an even smaller hut nearby. But you know, Pierrot was a dreamer. Even though he was going to be a woodcutter and he was learning how to become a good woodcutter with Goose, he always dreamt of being a prince. He had seen a picture of a prince when he was little, with his nice clothes and on his white horse and with servants around. Anyway, it was just a dream. Pierre was poor and there was no way he was ever going to be a prince. Now one day, Bernette was sweeping in front of their little hut and suddenly she saw Goose walking back towards the hut. He was holding something in his hands and immediately she saw on his face that something terrible had happened. And when he got closer to her, he opened his hands and there she saw, lying on his big rough palms, a tiny little body that seemed very, very dead. It was a sylph. What happened? Asked Aspernet taking the little body into her own hands. Oh, it's Pierrot, said Goose. He cut the tree of this sylph. Well, you know, he was daydreaming, as usually. He didn't do it on purpose, and he's very, very sorry, but I've sent him to his hut for now. Oh, that silly boy, said Pernette. I bet he was dreaming about being a prince again. Look what he's done now. But just then, Pernette felt the little sylph in her hands move. He was alive. Pernette ran into the hut, and she took such great care of that sylph. And she gave him so much love that not only did he survive, but soon he was running around their hut and around the garden and living with Goose and Bernette. He was like the son they had never had. They called him Sylvain, which means of the forest. And so they became Sylvain's new nourishers. They took good care of him. And in exchange, he would have his little jobs around their hut. He would chase the spiders out. He would cut the candle wicks so that the candles would shine brightly at night. And then he would blow upon the embers in the fireplace to light a fire at night. They'd sit around that fireplace in the evenings after their meal and Sylvain would delight Gus and Pernette as he'd tell them stories of the creatures and the beings of his dear forests. And you know, he could imitate every single bird of the forest to perfection and also the sound of the deer running on the soft and wet leaves and the wind in the trees. It was such a happy time for Goose, Bernette, and Sylvain, until one day something happened. Bernette was in the house with the door shut, Goose was in the woods with Pierrot, and Sylvain, he was sitting outside on the window sill, relaxing, and taking in the few rays of sun that were piercing through the thick, thick trees, when the king passed by on his horse. He was accompanied by young Princess Mathilde, his daughter, who was sitting and riding her pony. And when Princess Mathilde saw Sylvain looking so adorable there in his little leafy suit on the window sill, she said, «Père, je veux ce jouet. Father, I want that toy. » And the king, who gave in to each and every wish and desire of his daughter, answered, of course, my dear Mathilde. He jumped off his horse, knocked loudly on the door. Open the door, peasants, he said. "Ouvrez, Manon. Bernette opened the door and, oh, huh, she was so shocked. I mean, imagine finding the king on your doorstep. She was so shocked she forgot to curtsy and she said, what can I do for you, your majesty? How much for that toy? asked the king, pointing at Sylvain. Pernet laughed. That's not a toy. That's my son, Sylvain. He's not for sale. Not even for 10,000 ducats, asked the king. And Pernette said, no, not even for 10,000 ducats. He's not for sale. He's my son. He's not a toy. The king said, well, peasant lady, you have a choice. Either you sell me that toy, which you call your son, for ten thousand ducats, which is a fortune, might I add, or I shall throw you and your husband into prison. What do you say? And before Bernette could say anything else, Sylvain jumped onto her shoulder and he whispered in her ear, Mother, he said, Mother, take the money. I shall go with them, but I'll come back, I will promise and then he jumped onto Mathilde's shoulder. He leaned over and looked into her face. He opened his little arms wide, and all smiles, he said, I am all yours, princess, and at your service. The king got back onto his horse, and they rode away. And that is how Pernet saw her dear, beloved son, Sylvain, disappear into the forest, sitting on a delighted Princess Mathilde's shoulder. She went back into the house. She shut the door. And she wondered, how was she going to tell Gus that Sylvain had gone? Back at the palace, Princess Mathilde took Sylvain everywhere she went. To the balls where she would shine and dance as Sylvain sat in her dress pocket or on her shoulder. In the palace gardens where she'd go for walks with the other princesses, he'd sit in her hand and he'd make them laugh. And in the evenings, Sylvain would sit on the edge of Mathilde's plate and he'd try the best dishes and the finest wines of the land. And then just before bedtime, he would bathe and swim around in a big crystal bowl that had been filled with water heated at the perfect temperature for his body. Ah, it was a good life. It was a luxurious life and anyone would have loved that life. But Sylvain was a sylph. And he missed his forest, and he missed goose and pernet, And so, more and more often, he would just sit on the windowsill of the princess's room, and he'd look up at the sky, and he would sigh. Oh. And sometimes he'd sing a song. Well, Princess Mathilde, she started finding Sylvain a little bit boring. You're no fun. Now, this, one day, gave Sylvain an idea. That night, when Mathilde had fallen asleep, Sylvain called the little mouse that he used as a mount, you know, like a horse, except that it was a mouse because he was so little. He asked the mouse if it knew of a little hole through which they could escape. The mouse did. There was a hole in the kitchen. So they managed to escape the palace and they made their way through the dark forest into the night. Finally, they reached Gus and Bernet's hut, where Gus and Bernet were sitting around the unlit fireplace, wondering what Sylvain was doing and missing him so much. (gasps) Ah! What a surprise! When they saw Sylvain walk into the hut he lit the whole place up and they hugged and they told each other how much they loved each other and how much they had missed each other and then Sylvain quickly told them his plan. Oh it's an ambitious plan said Bernet, but we're going to make it work. Now the first thing to do was to go into the forest and gather as many leaves as they could so the three of them did that and then Pernet Sewed a leafy suit just like the one that Sylvain was wearing, but full sized, so a young man could wear it. I wonder if you're guessing what Sylvain's plan was. Well, I'll tell you the next step. Next, they went to Pierrot's hut and they woke him up. Now, Pierrot was in the middle of a dream. Maybe you can guess what dream that was. He woke up and, puffy-eyed and half asleep, he saw Gus, Bernet and Sylvain leaning over him and all speaking at once. What? Uh, what's going on? he asked. Sylvain said, Pierrot, do you still want to be a prince? And Pierrot said, yes, of course. Maybe I'm still dreaming, he thought to himself. Then, said Sylvain, you must listen to me and follow my instructions to the letter. Do you understand? Yes, said Pierrot, who now sat up in bed, fully awake. Now, first of all, you must put on this suit, said Bernette. And Bernette gave Pierrot the leafy suit that she had just sewn, and that was identical to the one that Sylvain was wearing. Then Sylvain led Pierrot through the forest, giving him instructions on what he was to do when they would reach the palace. And when they got to the palace... Sylvain pointed at the princess's window and Pierrot climbed the ivy up the wall and he slipped into the princess's room through the window. <sighs> when he was inside and he saw Princess Mathilde asleep, his heart skipped a beat. He had never seen such a beautiful princess. But he didn't wake her up. He didn't disturb her. He followed Sylvain's instructions. He sat on the window sill. He looked up at the sky. And he waited, and when the first rays of sun fell onto the princess's face and woke her up, she opened her eyes, and she saw Pierrot there, in his leafy suit, sitting on her windowsill. Oh, he was so attractive, she thought. But, 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 who are you? She asked. And Pierrot, still following Sylvain's instructions, answered, "I am Sylvain." Your wish has been granted, Mathilde. I'm your size now. Then he opened his arms wide, and all smiles, he said, I am all yours, princess, and at your service. Well, I think you can guess the rest of the story now. Mathilde loved the new size of, well, her toy, and she demanded to be married to him. And the king, who gave in to each and every of her wishes. Accepted. Princess Mathilde and Pierrot were married. Pierrot's dream of being a prince came true. They had many children and they were very happy. And Sylvain, well, he made his way back to Gus and Pernet and his dear, dear forest. And while we know that Gus and Pernet are long gone now, Sylvain might still be there in the Ardennes forests where I used to camp as a little girl.
0: Thank you very much, Rebecca, for sharing that story with us. I liked the setting in the forest, and I loved the recorder playing too. Can you try saying once upon a time in French? Il était une fois. Il était une fois. Very good. So, here's my question. Do you think Piero ever told Princess Mathilde that he wasn't actually the sylph Would you have told her? Well, that's for you to know and us to find out. Now, I want to share something a bit special with you. That was our 200th story on the podcast. Ooh, what lovely stories we're getting to know thanks to all our storytellers. Who'd have thought three years ago when we started sharing a few stories that we'd still be going all this time later? yee That's all because of you and the fact that you like the stories too. Now, lots of you have been joining our club and hopping into our owlet's nest, so it's time to dig deep into our bag of happies and say thank you to some new owlets. Hello and thank you to Cece, who is eight, and to Levon, who is four, from Bolston Lake in New York. Cece's favourite story is *Nancy and the Magic Yams. Just lovely. I like that one too, Cece. And now, hello to Soma. Soma also lives in New York State. He became an Owlet as a half-birthday present and he's recently turned five and a half. Well, That's a novel idea, Soma. That way you get presents twice a year. His favourite story is The Little Red Hairy Man. And over to Minneapolis in Minnesota now. And hello to long-term fans Willa, who is six and a half, and Finn, who is nine. Willa's favourite story is Father Frost and the Star Child. And Finn's favourite is The Ghost of the Bloody Finger. Welcome to the club. And now over to the UK and a big hello to Rowan who is five and lives near Cambridge. Ah, I love Cambridge. Lucky you living near there. Rowan's favourite stories are The Luck Child and Jack and the Two-Headed Giant. And Rowan is rather good at drawing. Keep it up Rowan. And over now to New York City, and happy hoots to John, who is six, and Nadia, who is four. They really like listening to all our stories. Pleased to hear it. Thank you. And over to the Rocky Mountains now to say hello to Dakota, who lives in Lyons and will be eight in March. His favourite story is The Luck Child. Yes, Jason Butt is very good at making sound effects, isn't he? He'll be very pleased you like his story, Dakota. And from the mountains in Colorado to sunny San Francisco in California to say hello and welcome to Parker, who is seven and who listens to super great kids' stories every day. His favourite scary story is The Cow Who Ate the Piper. And he also likes Wild Jack and the Two-Headed Giant. And he's been inspired to tell stories too. That's great, Parker. Well done, you. And now we fly over to Oregon City in the US to give a happy hoot to Iris, who is six. Iris has been listening to the stories going back and forth from school for more than two years. Oh, just think how many stories you know, Iris. If you ever get stuck in a lift, you'll be able to keep everybody entertained until you get out again. Iris' favourite stories are Baba Yaga and Lusmore and the Gift from the Fairies. And here's my Pick of the Week picture. A very humorous picture this week drawn by Alfie who is 8 and lives in Dublin in Ireland. His drawing is of Anansi and the hot pepper soup. I really like the way you've drawn Anansi dangling on his thread above the crocodile. And I like that you've written out the words for the song. The king likes the soup, the queen likes the soup, etc, etc. With a great big slurp at the end. Great fun. More Owlet welcomes next week. Thanks for being patient. And thanks to all of you who are subscribing to our podcast. If you'd like to join our club on Apple Podcasts or on Patreon, you'll hear our stories advert-free. And you'll get over 35 bonus stories and at least 20 Super Great Scary Stories. For more information, go to our website at supergreatkidsstories.com. And if you're an Owlet... Look out for our March bonus stories this weekend. We have a new scary story, We Maxie and the Gargoyles, and a lovely bonus story, A Drop of Honey. And next week, we start a new theme, Trickster Stories. So look out for Br'er Rabbit and that rascal Anansi. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios, in fabulous Fitzrovia in London.